I think my best writing comes from when I'm not thinking. Like if I try to think of a cool thing in my life or something and write about it, then it's okay. But when you just like you're riding the subconscious flow, then like weird creative ideas come out. I'm Dave Buda, and this is Darken the Page, the podcast where I talk to successful writers, songwriters, and artists about where great art comes from. Today, my guest is singer, songwriter, and novelist Brett Randell. Brett and I met several years ago at a songwriting workshop, and funny enough, I had no idea he wrote novels uh, until we talked the other day, and I asked him to come on the show. So it was great to hear about his book writing and his songwriting. We talk about NaNoWriMo, which for those of you who aren't familiar, stands for National Novel Writing Month, where thousands of writers from around the world commit to writing 50,000 words in 30 days. Brett is currently writing 1,750 words a day, and we talk about how he's doing that and how he balances careers as a musician and a writer. The song in the introduction is one of Brett's, and throughout the episode, I'll be playing songs from his new album, which I'll also link to in the show notes at darkenthepage.com slash 051. Brett will also be playing a segment of one of his new songs live in the middle of the episode. No sponsor this week, but if you enjoy the show and you want to support it, the best thing you can do is tell people about it. No sponsor this week, but if you enjoy this show and you want to support it, the best thing you can do is tell other people about it. Post about it on social media, share your favorite episodes, you can also leave us a rating review on iTunes. That moves us up in the iTunes search engine so people can find us easier. And now here's my conversation with Brett Randall. Love with the waitress is like a love with the whole damn world. Wandered and waited. And now I finally found that love with the waitress. So what's your what's your usual week like? How much time do you spend with writing and music and different stuff like that or maybe it's different goes month to month because you're you know launching a cd and stuff like that or yeah it's been an interesting few years so like i'd say like a few years ago probably when you saw me in san diego when we did your songwriting workshop that's when i was still on the music vibe and traveling and doing like adventure tour musician style Uh (laughs) adventure tour (laughs) that's a good way to put it (laughs) yeah um and then i actually moved to denver to focus completely on fiction writing there's a, oh, nice. a school there's an independent school here called the uh, the lighthouse writers workshop it's like one of the top writing centers in the country phenomenal resource um so i basically landed here and for two years i've just been taking non-stop classes there and nice. uh workshops and so the first year and a half i was here i was just i played like maybe eight gigs i was only focusing on fiction writing and writing every day going to writing workshops with people taking like three different classes a week reading every book i could nice um, and then this past year, I was like, wait, I still got to do music. So like, I'm one of, like, I, I focus hundred percent on things. Yeah, so I was like yes. shift. Yeah. Um, and, and then I did the Kickstarter, recorded my album this year. Haven't written as much the first three quarters of the year. And now I just finished my album, did a tour, promoted it. And then right now it's NaNoWriMo, which is national novel writing month. Mm-hmm. So I've flipped back again and now I've just been back to writing every day. Um, trying to hit the 1750 word count every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I host a writing group every week, so a bunch nice of different too. writers. So now, now, so it's it, it like you said, it, it varies every month, every week, whatever the goal is at the time. Um, so currently in NaNoWriMo month, um, seriously getting the words down every day, darkening the page, yeah. um, which is funny because like 
the last few months I couldn't write a single thing. Like I was focusing on music, couldn't like get like ten words out. And then as yeah. soon as I switched to like gotta get the deadline by the end of NaNoWriMo, like now I'm flowing pretty good. Nice. Dude, you should be hosting this podcast, man. You're like <laughs> this is like you could just like fill in for me. You got like it's great. Hey, if, if you ever have a sick day, let me know. <laughs> um no, I love that. I mean I you know, you obviously said that you were into writing, but like damn, that's that's awesome. And one of the things that I find for myself, I'm curious how you deal with this, is like when I switch violently back and forth like that and i just like don't like i won't even touch my like sometimes i for the last well when i was in bali um i i sent my guitar home with my parents because they came out to visit in, in like february and i was pretty much without a guitar for like three months which is crazy yeah crazy i mean i played here and there at like coffee shops and this and that and you know i was playing some piano at the house and everything but um but that was that was drastic and it was also a a time of massive production and like podcasts and writing mm -hmm. and and I felt bad about it and I'm curious if you ever have that experience where if you like really violently just drop one thing that it almost feels like like you should bad you feel bad about it or something I don't know I think so because like like I said I was I went back to focusing on music hardcore in the first three quarters of this year um, and then I was like thinking of writing all the time but like I think, uh, do you know that the writer Henry Miller, like Sexus, Plexus, Nexus, Tropis, Tropic of Capricorn, um, he has this, uh, there's a book called On Writing, which is collections of his, of different segments of his novels where he actually talks about his process of becoming a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and he, I think he started writing at around age 30, didn't write before that, and then just like became a master in the next 10 years, but did his whole like nonstop 10,000 hours. And um, I mean, this is kind of tangential, but I'm going to keep going. Go he says that like to be a writer, if one wants to be a writer, they have to give up music, like like all the other things, like music, like going out with friends, this and that. If you truly want to be like a master of your craft, like you have to put all of your one hundred percent focus energy on that and just crunch it out. Mm -hmm. um, some why was I tying that back? Yeah, I guess so. Whenever I'm doing one, I kind of miss the other thing, but I also know I have to put a hundred percent of my attention on it if I want it to be truly successful. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like when I was doing the CD, I was like, I can't go to writing classes because like every ounce of my day that's free from outside of work has to go creative energy and work energy into that. Mm -hmm. um, now that I'm doing NaNoWriMo, I don't have any shows for the month because like life is busy. And like at the end of the day, I have like an hour and am I getting my 1750 words down or am I like j jamming a new song? So I like miss, I miss it, but I consciously know that like I have to do what I'm doing. That's good, man. Yeah. You seem pretty, seem pretty healthy balance for you. Um, what are you writing this month? Uh, so this month mostly is shit. And you know how you're, <laughs> you're supposed to <laughs> just, just get it out. Um, I have like, I also work on like a lot of like short stories and kind of like prose poetry stuff mm -hmm. and I'm kind of more attracted to short stories and I was thinking of doing like a few short stories for the month um, but I had some friends that say that's even harder than just like trying to get a single long draft out so I'm kind of just it's kind of like a experience like my travel it's like a mixture like Kerouac-y style of like musician adventures but I'm trying to fuse um, fiction into it so it's that weird part of writing memoirish where you have all these cool adventures that you know could turn into a story but then at a certain point you know you have to like turn it into fiction develop these characters develop their psychology um so kind of right now i'm just i don't want to think and i don't even really care about the novel aspect of it i care about fifty thousand words getting out yeah. um and 
just writing, 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 because most of it's going to be crap. And then there will be a few things that like give me energy in there. And then from there, I'll take that and start to warp it into a story. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that would be fun to write a little fiction story about a musician and but have it just be like wildly exaggerated, just like the kind of, you know, whatever you can dream up, you know, and then you can throw it on the page. That's that's probably the most exciting thing I I really enjoy about fiction is is the imagination aspect of it. For sure. Yeah. And and a thing I'm kind of like not battling with, but thinking right now is that like when I've worked on, I have like a few like novel ideas of whether it's 10, 15, 20 pages started that are like novel ideas or novel ideas. <laughs> novel ideas, okay. novel, novel, novel ideas. Okay. Um, and those are more like imagination, fantasy type stuff. And like, they're super fun. And right now I'm trying to do this kind of like memoirish, find the points of like stories that I've lived that are cool. Um, but I think it's not as exciting to me right now because it's so real mm -hmm. that I'm just, I'm just waiting for something interesting to come out so then I can like fictionalize it so I can get all weird and nice. fictiony. That's great. Um, what's some of the stuff you've learned from these classes? I love that you've been taking the writing classes. Yeah, they've been, this lighthouse is awesome. Um, I started, so I started uh, to refer back to what we were just talking about. The, the, I took like an intro to short story two or three years ago. Um, and that was the first short story I ever wrote. And it was like, just like a, a funny story of something that happened to me in Argentina like 10 years ago. And so I wrote it and then the teacher was like, all right, well, this is like, this is reality, but let's let's make it fiction. And it was like really hard for me to break away from what I thought was a cool real story because I was so attached to it to like actually making a good short story, like a good piece of fiction. And then like I had to wait a while and then revisit and then change characters and then make it a piece of fiction. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually, it's funny that now I'm like circling back to that, that I'm doing that on a larger scale where you get the ideas out and then you actually craft the characters, craft the storyline, craft the plot, craft the tension. Um, but back to what you asked, what, what have I learned? Um, it's been awesome. I've taken a lot of like reading as writer classes. So um, they're like eight-week classes that we, we sit around and drink wine and read Paradise Lost or Ulysses or uh, Shakespeare out loud and we like dissect it. And the teacher there, David Rothman, is an awesome genius and like always just cracks open these epic classic novels. Nice. Um, so I've taken those and you learn a lot just kind of like in any craft learning from the, the greats who have come before just read them study them Can you compare uh, that experience to maybe something you had in high school or like growing up? I mean was that your experience of English class back then were you kind of one of those guys who got into it or was this like a totally different experience for you? Uh, this is totally I mean this is like the next level this is like what I, I mean because it's always I mean high school English is a lot different I actually just wrote a piece for their blog they're having a it's called Lit Matters Month, so every day a, a different teacher and some students are writing blogs about why literature matters to them. Mm -hmm. So I, I just wrote one uh, this past week about uh, how, like, in high school and college, I never cared that much really about writing and I never read books for pleasure. And then um, when I was in Austin I, at this bookstore, Book People, I saw a quote by Mark Twain on the wall over the classic section that said, classics, books that everyone praises but nobody actually reads. Right, that's the classic. I, like, yeah, I love that I was quote like, oh, Mark Twain. so true. And I had this, like, epiphany. I was like, I need to read everything. And uh, <laughs> since then, I've been like... You go two ways with that. It's like you either, like, say, okay, I'm going to read it, or you're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about those books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I mean, and it's an endless pursuit because there's a billion classics and yeah. you can never read them all. But from then is when I just, like, started, like, I was like, I need to read all these great books, and especially it helps you learn about writing. Um, so that kind of sparked my 
reinvigoration with reading classics and even in contemporary literature and everything. And so when I finally got to Lighthouse and took this, I took one class with Rothman, a summer class. I was like a three hour class on like old English literature. And like, he's such a good teacher that is so excited and like can take like a paradise lost. I've always wanted to read, but it just seems like this archaic, boring old English book. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of the most badass books ever. It's a poem, but ever written in history. And like, he Mm -hmm. finds a good way to translate that energy and that writing into like modern day conversation. And so I think if you have a teacher that can, can crack these things open for you, um, then it's it's awesome and you get a lot of energy and yeah. so now as, as you're saying now I've, I've, this is a completely different new awesome writing experience mm-hmm. and I've been having that fun totally makes me want to go take that class like I yeah because I, I do feel like I, I I find myself on the cusp of being able to really appreciate and like take in some of those classics and if I had a teacher who you know like for example I there was a I found a uh, modern translation of of self-reliance the S.R. Mm-hmm. Emerson yeah, and, I'm a huge Emerson fan. Yeah, like his original text is pretty dense, man. That's like that's tough to get through. You know, like you'd have to like sit there with a, a pen and almost kind of translate it. It's really, it's really dense. But then somebody did like a modern translation of it, and it's like, oh, really? That like I totally get that. And then I can go back and yeah, and then see kind of what he was saying, and that that made a huge difference. Well, yeah, it's like what's your avenue to get into that language? Like everyone needs a click. Um, like, like in his Shakespeare classes, like Shakespeare at first seems really like boring, old English, annoying, but if like you can translate it and he like, he'll curse a lot and like kind of bring it into modern dialect as we're reading the old dialect and it, and like, that's what he did with Milton. Like it's really tough English, but once he reframes what they're saying and then you go back to reading it, then it makes sense for you. Cause like your modern brain can readjust and then you can appreciate the original language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. That's great. Um, so what's your routine like this month? Uh, routine this month. So, and have you been able to, have you hit 1750 every day so far? Yeah, I've been doing like an average, like some days will be 1500, some days will be 2000. Like if I do, if I do a 2000 word day, I know I can like ease up a couple of days, but mo- most of the days have been 1750. Yeah. Um, yeah, so far, I, I don't know. I posted online the other day. I, have you heard of, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's, uh, don't break, don't break the, the chain, chain thing? Yeah. yeah. It's like the best thing for anything, (laughs) for any writing, any form of habit. So I've been doing that, um, which I did like two years ago when I first got back into the writing habit. And it's it's just super visual and effective. And like you see the chain and you don't want to break it. So I've been I've been waking up and writing like 500, 750 words right when I wake up just so I can like get some out. And then in the evening, I'll do like a thousand. That's good. It sets you up a little bit. So, you know, it's not like a huge burden. You don't have a huge number. Yeah, just, like you get you get some out of the way, and then you it's like doable. Nice. Um, what would have been some of the things that you've learned about yourself as you've been doing like this month's NaNoWriMo? Yeah, um, one thing is that it's not as hard as you think. Like, as, as, like the hard, the thing that every writing class, every teacher, every book is talking about is just like just write because like we make up so many excuses, we get distracted. And we don't write or like we write, we think something's bad and we're like, fuck it, this sucks. Like, but in your head, it, it seems so awesome. Yeah. Um, and just like going through the process reaffirmed me that it's like, it's not, you're not going to die and you can, <laughs> you can, you can write and like, it's all okay. Cause like the last few months, like I, again, I was like, fuck, I can't write or nothing's good. But being in the flow again has made me realize kind of like what every 
writer says when they're like interviewed um that they have their process of like sitting in four hours in the morning just like writing and like most of it's not going to be good but you just have to go there and do it and like just i guess what i'm getting to is like the acceptance that it's all not going to be good but the process of writing is good yeah have you read daily rituals i don't think so it's uh actually have right here it's uh it's a great book it's about um cool it's how it's all the it's all these different um, habits and routines of all these famous writers. It's like a, maybe a page or two on each writer. Oh, well, nice. Actually, writers, I mean, it's also people, writers, songwriters, uh, playwrights, philosophers, sculptors, painters, whatever. And, yeah, and, and it's, Ooh, it's fascinating that. to see how they all uh, structure their day and where they go and, you know, and they have the little maybe a guest house or maybe they, they you know, they a lot of them it's um, – you know, their wife basically takes care of everything <laughs> and they just sit in their mm-hmm. office and, you know, but it's really cool. And, and, and the thing that, that, that it seems as though they all do is somehow block out like, you know, three or four hours or a chunk that is like absolute solitude mm-hmm. they really, you know, and, and whatever means necessary, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. So, yeah, it's kind of like a, a a frightening future that like, you know, I guess it's it's once you accept the fact that most of what you write isn't good and then the good stuff comes in revision and revision. But like that eventually it's kind of like we were talking about music. Eventually you have to be like touring, managing all this. That's your lifestyle for a successful career, for a successful career as a writer. Like you have to have like four hours a day where like you sit and write and know that most of it's not good but you have to trust the process and like eventually some good stuff will come out and do that forever just dreaming with streaming thoughts of happiness i leave our hearts and chest a beaming said to me the world is perfect and oh so worth it alone we might not make it but i found you now i found you now Love uh, do you do something similar with music when you're on music track would do you have like a routine for that or is that kind of more free Music's a little more floaty. I mean, I, I probably, it probably would be wise if, if I was more structured. Um, but I mean, when I'm on the music track, I also play like three to four hours a day, but I'm just like jamming and flowing around. There should, there should be like a national songwriting month. That, that would be cool. Thing? I guess I know people do like... Um, September would maybe like rhyme with songwriting. September songwriting, yeah. Like, you know, like nice little... September songwriting. September song month. Song month thing. <laughs> yeah. Sasso... I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so I did actually yeah. like a year, I think a year ago, and I was still in Denver. Um, a couple of musicians from Austin, like Ray Prim, Ali was in it, um, Ali Tadris, who you just had on, um, and Tom Meany. They organized uh, a weekly songwriting club. So every week you had a prompt, and you had a week to record and write a song, and then upload it, and yeah. and that was awesome. Yeah. Kind of similar vibe. Um, just keep putting stuff out upload it no matter what could be crap could be good but like keep producing songs so that was i did that for a couple months um and it was awesome yeah yeah i feel like it's time for it's time for something like that i uh i know bob schneider had one for a while um that was kind of famous and a lot of people wrote some awesome songs and and it was really i think the key to that was being really strict so it's like if you didn't send in a song like you're out yeah, that's what, what's the, the one we did was based off Bob Schneider's. Yeah. Um, if you didn't get your song, you were kicked out. It was kind of funny each week watching. I mean, I think I eventually got kicked out because I, I forgot to write a song like two months in. Yeah. But I mean, and it, it gives you the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what, tell me about the writing group you started. Yes, yeah, so that I've, I've actually been doing that for a few years. Um, in Austin, like five years ago, I started this kind of just creative writing group with all my couch surfing friends, and I would just host it every Sunday. And it was just surfing friends do you have <laughs> around the world or in Austin? Oh, so it was like a global thing. 
No, also couch surfing, like it's couch surfing the, the network where like yeah. you stay with couch surfers and then right. couch surfing the network also. Like usually when you go to a city, there's like the local couch surfers. Yeah. And so like me and all my friends in Austin, we were all like hardcore couch surfers, like hosting people, travelers. Okay. Um, when there so was like couch surfing meetups too, right? Like parties yeah. and stuff. Okay. That, that was like the site was a lot more active like five years ago and like there'd be meetups two or three times a week, big barbecues and everyone would bring the people that they're hosting and oh, nice. it, was just, it was just awesome. That's great. Um, so those were all like my cap, all, all my friends, like all my friends in Denver are also couch surfers as well. Nice. Um, just good vibe people like yeah. to travel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very um, welcoming and accommodating people. For sure. Yeah. Um, so me and my group of couch surfers. friends. opposed to writers. Like, <laughs> 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 no, but writers are, can be, I mean, that's why that's, yeah. that was point, part of the group is to get a lot of people also don't think they can write. And I'm under the assumption that everyone can write because all writing is, is like your brain through language on paper so yeah well i'm pretty sure we've already done that at some point so yeah <laughs> that's the thing about writing it's like you know it's like speaking slowly you know yeah we all but do so it. so many people and i'm sure myself included before i started this are like i can't write like i don't know how to write and it's like just you are writing like you've been writing all the time just write yeah well and that's uh, that's the interesting thing that i've noticed too with social media and emails and everything is that i reflected on this in a, in a little short episode called um what do i write about like i think a month ago and because I had a friend who emailed me and he was like, hey, man, um, you know, how do I get started? Like, I want to write more. But but what do I? And I said, first, just realize, like, how much you're already writing. I mean, if we went back 30 years, like, look at how much more we write compared mm -hmm. to people 30 years ago. I mean, even if you're writing a letter every day to someone, that's not even close to what we write. I mean, yeah, it's true. I'm writing a letter to someone probably in bed on my phone before I get up. I mean that like we're we're so we're so we're writing so much these days and it's kind of like touch typing in a way like you know you don't, nobody needs to take touch typing classes you just type a lot like it's yeah you know and so I think that it's really cool we live in a cool time where and and I think that you know when it comes when it comes to let's say Twitter for example you know if if we were in a writing class together 30 years ago and the teacher came in and the teacher said all right everybody we're going to do a radical experiment you have to communicate something to your reader and you only have 140 characters. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, this yeah. guy's revolutionary. This is a you know, crazy thing. And, and it's like, no, like that's, that's just our normal life. Like we, mm -hmm. we use brevity and then we cut out words and we notice, oh, I can say that in a shorter way. And, and so we're getting so much experience, you know, and, 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 and we're also seeing a lot of writings. They're reading a lot more, mm -hmm. I think, because we're reading yeah. stuff on the internet and, you know, may not be like, like reading Moby Dick, but we're reading Facebook statuses and we're reading articles. And, and so I think, I think there's a really cool shift that's happened, but we haven't really noticed too. Yeah. I think it's also, I completely agree. It's also your intent as well. Like if you're aware of that, like I always wonder, cause they're all technically like they're, they're mediums for writing to be put out on different forms and different yeah. limits. I always wonder like what would, my favorite author, like if Mark Twain was alive today, he would be tweeting and posting on Facebook and they'd be friggin' awesome, witty, hilarious, right. smart things. Because at the time, at every time of history, like artists are usually pushing the edge of what medium of communication they're using and putting stuff out there. Yeah. So like the novel came before that was like spoken and then there's newer forms of novel and there's newer forms of writing and there's short story and all this stuff and everything kept evolving. Um, 
And like, it's like, and everyone always like hates on Facebook and Twitter and all these forms of communication. But I think it's, again, it's what you put into it. It's kind of like, like I've seen some of my favorite writers post stuff all the time on Facebook and it's awesome. It's like funny, short and witty. Yeah. And it's just another method for them to communicate and for them to write. And like, you can always, you can always hate on Facebook and Twitter, but like, how are you digesting it and how are you putting out on it? So like you, you always post like your cool posts <laughs> on Facebook and they're awesome. And that's, and that's a way for you to um to write and communicate totally. like 10 years ago you like you would have had the same thoughts but like do you have to like walk to a, like a, a journal and like go through the whole slow process of getting readers and all that or you can put out content yeah and the feedback that you get is amazing you know I mean, it's it's not you know some you, you can't always count on it to be like 100 percent you know accurate in terms of like oh i'm, I'm striking on like truth here because mm-hmm. i got 50 likes or something but you know it's nice to actually get that response and have that dialogue with people i mean that never happened either. If I had, if I did that a hundred years ago, I'd have to write in a book and then the book would be published and then maybe, you know, I'd get some letters in the mail. I mean, we're talking like two year, three year, you know, feedback loop here instead of like, yeah. you know, two minutes. It's, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, I think in a way Facebook actually uh, ushered me into feeling like a writer because cool. I got to see, I got to see that I was pretty good at writing mm-hmm. mostly through Facebook, you know, um, yeah, you get feedback. And I didn't re- I didn't even consider it writing. I just thought, oh, like I, I don't know why I just thought maybe it was like fun philosophy or something or I don't know. But um but I kept using Facebook in in that way and I feel like Facebook is a really good place for writers. It's where writers kind of shine. Yeah. Well, feedback is like a huge thing in writing cuz it's such a weird, dark, internal, personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um that you need, and that's part of part of writing is reading. You need people to read stuff and like tell you if it sucks or if it's awesome, yeah. or if like if you're getting somewhere. And so like that instant feedback is cool. And then you can see if you have a good idea, and then expand upon that or mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. I want to ask you more about this writing group because of people yeah, are, yeah, you know, yeah, starting sorry. their own groups. Now, I I totally took it off the tangent. Um, but yeah, what what do you guys do just for people? Yeah, that yeah. Want to start um, I'll do the quick storyline. It's iterate. So for two years in Austin, I hosted that one um, in Austin and. So that was just pretty much free riding exercises. Like I'm a huge, you can you can always have like a workshop group, which is everyone brings their their stories, their pieces of their novel, and then everyone takes it home, writes their like critiques and workshops it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it to be like a generative group, so it's pretty much just free writing exercises, word prompts, and use free flow. And I think the most interesting thing is that I'd always have people read what they wrote out loud, which seems scary especially for like the new writer but everyone always did it which was cool and I think that also helped reinforce that everyone has ideas everyone can write everyone's more creative than they think and especially since you're reading out loud you're not seeing the intricacies of writing which is where like the craft comes in and it's more just the ideas Uh, but it just kept growing and I noticed everyone was having fun and people started enjoying writing so I did that in Austin then when I moved to Denver I formed it again um, for about a year and then then they turned more as I started taking more classes uh, we kind of had a smaller group do more serious short story workshopping um, and like critiquing each other's short stories every week um, and then just like about a month ago I restarted up the generative one and so that one these are it's like a group of like 10 people now most of them go to the, the lighthouse writers workshop um, one of them is a teacher there and we do a couple like free writing word prompts at first just to like Keep the pen going. No editing. No thinking. No stopping. Yeah, you just live f- in the meeting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Writing, so yeah. we we say any word, whether it's like raindrop or cup or pencil, and then you have to use that. Whatever sparks, you keep going. Are you guys using pen and paper or or a laptop? Uh, it's like half half. Okay. Yeah. I have a rule for that. Yeah. 
no rule. As long as you're as long as you're writing, it's good. Cool. Um, so we do like two of those, the two free writing exercises, and that kind of like opens the brain up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then since all actually, I think all of us in the group are doing NaNoWriMo or some form of it. Um, so then we wanted to do like. There's a, a great book called The 3 a.m. Epiphany. I'm not sure the author, but it's one of like the best like uh, word prompt books from everything from like character exercise, setting, uh, pace, plot, and all that. So we'll do like we'll pick like are we working on character? Are we working on plot or setting? And we'll do one of those exercises. So we usually do two free writing exercises and then two like solid um, craft exercises, mm-hmm. and then we all go through that and then we all share, drink a lot of wine and beer, nice. and that's it. Yeah. But it's like just the process of continuously writing, being with other writers, and like getting stuff out. Yeah, that's great, man. I love that. Um, let's transition and talk a little about songwriting. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I guess so. Tell me about the new album. Like, tell me about what you know. Was it uh, when you decided to record it? Was it the kind of thing where you're like, all right, I need to work on music now, or you're like, oh, I got a bunch of these songs, I got a put down on a CD and get them recorded or what was that like? Yeah, it was a long kind of slow process because the last uh, CD EP I recorded was in 2010 and then I was just kind of like touring a lot of the next few years in Europe a couple times all over the United States and like slowly getting burnt out and figuring out everything but writing music all along yeah. and then so and also something we, we talked about when we were at the your songwriting uh, workshop couple years ago now was like the promoting versus like working on your craft and like the more you work on your craft the better your career gets because like you're working on your art um and so over the years i was like transitioning more from like promoting hardcore at first being all marketing to like only focusing hardcore on my craft and so i was like all right for the next few years i'm just gonna like work on songs and even just like a few songs and just like slowly let them breathe and soak in over the next few years and like travel. I went all over like Europe and played them for people of different languages, different countries, like nice. jammed with all different people. And I let the songs kind of like just soak and morph and absorb. And um, so then I had, I had like a whole, a whole bucket of songs, but I had like the, the main like five to seven that I like always wanted to record. Yeah. Um, and then I started like researching every blog about like how to launch a Kickstarter campaign, um, did one of those. Well, so I, so for a while I was doing the whole back and forth writing music over the last couple years, mm-hmm. and last. So when I first landed in Denver, I was went straight to fiction writing. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like doing the CD anymore. Yeah. Um, had you already done the Kickstarter at that point? Or that was before Kickstarter. I had. I was studying at Hardcore. Okay. Um, and then then everything in my brain just shifted to writing, and like everything kind of faded in the music side. Yeah. And then December of last year, almost a year ago, actually, no, it was November of last year because, you know, like those Facebook memories pop up <laughs> and like <laughs> what one popped up like five days ago. It's like, it's time. I think I'm going to get back to writing my new CD. And so I was like, <laughs> so I think it's like a year ago. Nice. Um, and that was because I was actually in Guatemala and I was playing a bunch of the songs with friends there. And like I figured out this song called Rise, which is the, the name of my new CD, mm-hmm. like I figured out what finished it and then i was like oh all right everything's ready so it was just like this weird click out of nowhere what finished uh, it? what was that it was this kind of growing repetition of the chorus which it used to just be like one chorus and then it was the end but i started noticing this kind of like sing-along i was having with people as i was traveling and playing with people and it kept growing and then like other musicians would jam me and i was like oh it just needs to have this like continuously repeating epic ending oh, nice. um, can you grab a guitar and show me what you mean 
Uh, take, maybe, want... take me through the progression of it in a way, like maybe what it was so, and then what it became or something? Yeah, this, so this is actually the longest song I've ever... I've been working on it for like four years, and it's gone through like so many changes and iterations. Um, like... So like it started as kind of a different song with half of the similar lyrics, and I think that was in like 2011 um, when I started writing it. Um, then I went traveling and I would keep playing it, and then I did like this whole Mediterranean adventure with my guitar and was playing with people there. And then I noticed like the chords started to change, and then I left my pick at home, so I was like, all right, I gotta get better at finger picking. And then nice. this like whole finger picking progression came, and then for two or three years I was playing this one main chord progression and then I switched it and that changed the whole vibe of the song kind of more uplifting mm-hmm. um, and then it kept like it, but it never felt finished now we're like three and a half years in on this like little two and a half three minute song and like um, change one word around here maybe eight months later change another word and then like it all starts to click and then around like summer to fall of last year is when because I'd always kind of just end it at the second chorus, and then I kind of had this slow breakdown, and then a slow buildup of repeating the chorus over and over. And then, as I was jamming with my musician friends in Denver, I started adding like cello and violin, and then I realized like I had to just keep getting all these layers adding, and then like it nice. felt right. Nice. So that yeah, was like maybe, the whole <laughs> process yeah. of the song. Yeah, maybe play like a verse chorus of it. Let's see. It's getting all funky. Um, can you hear that okay? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Um, I'll just do the second verse into the end. Is that cool? Yeah, man. Sweet. In a timeless place with no worries or pain, you'll finally find where love exists and it can't be lost but it can be missed so open your heart and find your bliss and the words that i say to you from the dreams that i often have could rise 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 every breath you take that may dare you to break just rise 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 don't rise above with light Your eyes shine with something golden Something that can't be broken We'll rise above with light and love Your eyes shine with something golden Something golden, something that can't be broken. We'll rise above with light and love. Your eyes shine with 
something golden, something golden will rise above in light and love. Your eyes shine with something golden, something golden will rise above with light and love. Your eyes. Shine with something golden. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. that was a cool repetition. And then in the song, like, cello comes in, then violin, then piano, then bass drum, and then... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that the little click when I added the, the layers and the repetition is what made me realize the song was close to finished. And did you want... Did you know that was going to be the name of the album? Um, I wasn't sure for a while, but as that song got like kind of like stronger and, and meant more to me, um, yeah. I was like, it has to be Rise. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and so after this month, do you have any? So where where do you where are you with the with the songwriting and the CD and everything? And where's the stages of that? Yeah, so touring or um, whatever you're gonna do. Or? So this is like my lay low month because it's been pretty crazy. So from like January, January I did the Kickstarter, um, ended up raising over 12000 which is awesome. So that covered everything. And yeah. I could like freak out less about the like, oh shit, how am I going to pay musicians and do all this. And like yeah. I wanted to do like the slow burn of a slow many month process of being in the studio, letting all the songs simmer. Um, so until about August I was recording and then, or July, then I got it mastered, and then released it late August, um, did CD release shows in New York with Ali Tadras, um, and then in Austin, and then in Denver, and I went through New Mexico, so I did like a bunch of shows all last month, and then another couple Denver shows, and then now I just want to chill out, because as you know, like the whole like we spoke about earlier, running your own business, it's it's intense to do everything by yourself. Not necessarily by yourself because you're with a lot of people, but you're managing it all. You'll be at the middle of it all, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so like it just like hit me a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I'm gonna chill out and try to kill myself in another way and write a novel draft. Nice. Um, <laughs> but it like it's a different part of the brain. So then once November finishes, then I'm gonna kind of see how to attack the probably the new year of. Maybe making another music video, do some targeted touring, and just keep it going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice man. Let's do. Uh, I, I've never done this before, but let's do. Let's do a little lightning round. Okay. Um, where do you think your best writing comes from? Um, I think my best writing comes from when I'm not thinking. Like if I try to think of a cool thing in my life or something and write about it, then it's okay. But when you just like you're riding the subconscious flow, then like weird creative ideas come out. Nice. What is your fondest or least fondest childhood memory of yourself as an artist? Whoa. Um, fondest at least. Probably fondest would be I used to draw a lot when I was younger, and that was like my main passion. I wanted to be an animator. Um, and I was like super nerdy when I was like in elementary school, middle school. But just the free flow of like purely doing what you want, when you want, just drawing all day long was awesome. And I think as we grow up, part of that of like finding what art we're doing is getting back to that innocent time of like just creating to create mm -hmm. um so just drawing for the fun of it and the love of it was awesome least fondest creative memory um i don't know i think creative memories are pretty awesome <laughs> i don't know if i have a least fun one yeah maybe if like there was like some you know uh, sometimes what i hear from people is like they're uh 
you know their their uncle told them they'll, they'll like their artwork is crap or and then, you know, oh here, something here's like that. I mean when I started playing music um, and I used to I, I've taken a lot of voice lessons I've worked on my voice for like five years um, and I definitely had a very nasal voice in the beginning uh-huh. and my friends in college were like dude your songs like your writing's great but you really need to sell them because your voice sucks uh-huh. <laughs> like my friends had all said to me and I was like shut up and like I mean it, it was like more nasal and I, did, I couldn't control my voice at first and then but just like any craft, like I was like, all right, I'm taking lessons. Right. I'm gonna work on this. It's amazing what happens. Like you actually get better at things because people yeah. do, people don't get that with voice. They they think you have, have it or you don't. They don't get yeah. that. It's like you work on the voice, just like you work on, you know, if, if I picked up a saxophone and I couldn't play, I'd be like, oh, dude, you should probably <laughs> try that again. I mean, like, well, yeah, like it's I'm bad at it, and so yeah, that's great. Um, describe your ideal workspace. If you could totally create it and you had thousands and thousands of dollars to put, put, yeah. put together whatever you wanted. It'd probably be, I love when you say like those writers, like they're beautiful, like homes with like giant windows looking out into like mountains in the background with like an awesome old desk. Yeah. It'd be that. Like I definitely have like way too much crap in my desk right now <laughs> and I'm not facing out a window. Um, it'd definitely be one of those big old school, beautiful desks. Cause I think the desk is the most important part. Mm-hmm. And probably just nice wood walls, polished wood with guitars hanging on it. Yeah, yeah, little bay windows and stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, what do you eat when you're writing? And are there any foods you're more drawn to or you avoid? And do you have like a favorite snack? Uh, I think the more important question is what do you drink when you're writing? <laughs> as, as as most writers know, um, which the answer would be whiskey. Um, yeah. Bourbon, I like Maker's Bullet, Knob Creek. Yeah. Um, I don't really think I, I don't actually don't, eating, even when I work, I try to eat quick and get it done because I don't like having like the distraction of like the food in front of me and like yeah. whatever. So I guess like if it's writing group, we just have like chips and cheese and snacks. Yeah. Um, but generally, I don't think I'm really eating when I'm writing. Tell me about the bourbon and the whiskey. Do you, do you go with like a small glass and sip it? Do you cut yourself off at a certain point? Do you find there's a sweet spot? Um, and they're different with like writing and, and music. So with writing... Um, well, they're both the same, just like a rocks glass with whiskey and a couple cubes of ice. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like the the graph of like stuff starts to get better, 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 flowing, flowing, and like really bad, really quick. Yeah. Um, that's probably more so with performance. Like a little bit of whiskey, you start getting good, you're flowing, you're talking to the audience. Yeah. But then like four cups in, you're like voice is getting a little weird, you're getting all floppy. Yeah. So you just got to keep it to like two glasses. Yeah. Oh, two glasses. Okay. Nice. Nice. That's and the sweet what about, spot. What about writing? Right, I, I think the same, yeah. Same. You don't want to get like you want to get fluid, but you don't want to get like too weirdly fluid. <laughs> nice, yeah. In my um, opinion, um, what is your biggest fear as a writer? Biggest, I think the biggest fear is like never <laughs> finishing a good novel. Like, I think the hard, the hardest thing seems to be to to get the first draft done, which is always like a fear-driven thing. But then, like, you finish the draft, and then you have like tons of revision, and like, what if you don't write like the novel that you dream of that is like awesome and cool psychological makes like points about humanity or whatever you want whether whether you're just doing like whether you want to do like literary fiction or you're doing fun novel but i guess that fear of having like a nice cohesive story a great story that like is satisfying from the beginning to the end with really good characters yeah yeah i get that but i'm shooting for it i kind of feel that way about songwriting too sometimes you know like i want to and actually i feel like i do have i think i have one song that i that i would be absolutely that's like I'm proud of you know like that's yeah it feels like the it feels like a complete 
work of art. I don't know where, you know, how I did it, but it, it worked out and I still, and the message, you know, really is universal. And I feel like I did that with one song at least. So Awesome. Yeah. And then you're good. <laughs> then I'm good. Now. I'm good. And that was also kind of the point of, of my Rise CD. Like as I was going to writing, I was like, I have all these songs I've been brewing. Like I need to record them. Like, and Rise is like, the song that like now, so say I just went straight to fiction writing for the rest of my life and I, I know I'm still going to do music, but I'd be happy with like this EP and my, my last final music product. Yeah. Yeah. But keep it going too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's about, you know, for me, uh, getting the songs recorded. I mean, it's important. There's something, there's something, there's almost a sense of urgency when you have a good song, but it's not really recorded. Mm-hmm. And, and if I didn't have any good songs that weren't recorded, I'd probably be like, all right, cool, whatever, you know, but it's yeah. like, a, oh, I got this, you've got this list of songs. I got to get them down and got to get them on a, on recorded somewhere. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like a book, but a CD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. One more. Um, why do you write? Why do I write? Um, there's like the, the cheesy standard answer that yeah. it's like, I, I must write. Um, <laughs> like I wake up and it's in my blood. Um, could I not write? <laughs> why, why do I write a, a less like annoying answer is like, I just think it's like a super cool way of expressing like what it is to be alive. Like we all have our experiences, our interactions, our emotions, our histories. And writing is just like an awesome product of that where like you can read it you can collect these stories and these interactions and like like when you read a good book you get that feeling and like you get that click in your brain you're like oh that was awesome or that emotional feeling uh so i think writing is just a way to express yourself be a way to like release thoughts in your mind and see hopefully like eventually create something that will cause that click in other people nice that's great yeah I like that you veered away from the cheesy answer because I wouldn't answer. I wouldn't ask that question to anybody, honestly, because I know that because the first answer that pops in my head is like what Stephen Pressfield said in Art of War. You know, he's like the only reason to write because you have to, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's the only thing you got to do, you know. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, that's uh, yeah, I guess that's the romantic answer, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's still true. Every every writer says that because like it's because that's like what drives some people want to be musicians. Some want to be sculptors, like what yeah. bu- bubbles up inside you. But it's still cooler different ways to to answer that i guess yeah and i think it's it changes all the time too so that's what's true for you right now you know it's not like Mm -hmm. that's your answer that's it right now and it's that's beautiful that's true yeah because some people might have like political answers like why they write like they want to make a certain point this and that different stages of life yeah yeah all right now for the last question um, the, ac- the actual last question is not the lightning round. Lightning round yeah. is over. We have a little sound effect or something, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could go back in time and give yourself, maybe at like age 20, but you can pick your age, whatever, when that kind of split was, you decided to do both. And But if you could go back in time and write yourself a little note, maybe like postcard size thing, and share just something with your younger self about writing and creativity and all this kind of stuff, what would it be? Yeah, 20 is good because that's like right when I decided that I wanted to do writing and music. Um, probably it'd be the simple answer that a lot of te- writing teachers give it would be read, read everything, read every classic, every contemporary thing, every short story, every poem. Um, I, Faulkner actually has a good quote. He's like, if you want to write, read, and he says something like that, read this, read that, read the things you don't like, read the things you do like, do like, um, because more so than any class, than any repetition and this and that like reading directly influences you as a writer um and 
I say that because then I would have just had more time to read that many more books and yeah, read, 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 read. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Brett has his new CD. It's out now. Go check it out on iTunes. It's also on Spotify. A link to it in the show notes, darkenthepage.com slash 051. We've had a lot of songwriters on the show lately. Um, and if you're enjoying that, let me know. Uh, you can email me at darkenthepage at gmail.com. Uh, you know, the show originally started out with, with writers, you know, me, myself being a songwriter and a writer. Um, I had the intention of bringing in lots of songwriters and I'm curious how that mixes. How do writers feel about songwriters? Songwriters feel about writers. Um, if you have any feedback for me, let me know. Again, no sponsor this week. So if you want to support the show, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It really helps. Or just share this with your friends. And until next week, go make great art. Now I finally found that Now I finally found that Love with the waitress It's like a love with the whole damn world I wandered and waited Now I finally found my I finally found my Now I finally found my girl